In some cases, you know these guys already, but you certainly know their work. We're talking about Yanni Macarunas, the video manager for Wolves, and Josh Power, the senior content manager here at Wolves. And we say at Wolves. A lot of folks will know Josh from the at Wolves on social and the impact you've had over the years and making it so fun and engaging for fans. And really, when it comes down to it, Josh, what's the charter? What's the idea behind why it's so important to engage with fans in an enlightening and entertaining way? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, I don't. I think it's important that the club that people support ha, has a, a, a persona online, has a friendly persona online, has an entertaining and engaging persona online. It's got a presence that supporters can see, that they can react to, that they they can enjoy. Uh, I think it's just really important to have. Obviously, within the age of social media, that your your club is 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 present, is is always talking to supporters as as it's just such a vague vague like topic because you, there's, there's so many different ways where you can like you can be online as as a football club, and I think um, the way that I, I think we've always approached social is just to be um, just to be something that supporters can be proud of essentially. Because ultimately, you're not just representing um, the football club; you're representing them online. So I think that's the way we've always approached it: always to try and be as entertaining, but as as responsible as possible. I guess is, is the long way of going around saying that we you know, we're proud of the work that we do, and then that we you know we put a lot of hours um, into in, and and put a lot of dedication into to making the channels as, as best as we can get them. Well, it's a vague and open-ended question because there's so many platforms and there's so many different styles of video that needs to go out. And obviously with Insta, you'd have to have, you know, great images that, you know, Jack the photographer does in such a compelling way. And when it comes to video, Yanni, the YouTube channel is a huge vehicle for sharing all kinds of messages and then taking it up a level. I'd remembered when we'd done some content here on Wolves Radio around Code Red, and it's a documentary that it's a team effort, but but Yanni really read the opportunities that could be there to share the story of what was a horrifying event for folks with Raul Jimenez being injured at Arsenal and all of that aftermath, what was really solemn about it, but actually made for an unbelievably compelling part of the film was this was at a time where there were no fans in the stands and you heard it all. Did that audio stimulate the kind of idea that this is something that was once behind the scenes or captured in a way that was very evocative? Just the fact that no one was there and you could hear so much after such a horrifying event. It didn't, it didn't stimulate the idea, but so what stimulated the idea was, Raoul's sort of uh, drive and determination and his character. Uh, I don't know him as well as some of the coaching staff, but that's something they'd always spoke about, his sort of single-mindedness. And when, when he was injured, I remember saying to Max, you know, obviously you don't want this to happen to any footballer, but he's almost the the perfect one if we were going to do a documentary because he's really open and he understands the, the, the value of a video and he's got a really... Uh, really supportive family and really supportive network around him. What The, the audio uh, really, really sort of 
sprung to mind when we created a trailer. So we created a trailer to show Raoul to sort of show him what we were what we were intending to do. And then it was only then when we when we created this trailer and we sort of started the trailer. Wolves fans would have seen it now, but the trailer begins with that sort of eerie moment, the, the corner being taken, and then the horrific sounds of Raoul and David Luiz colliding in the air. And it was then where we re- I realised that that audio was 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 going to be key to to this documentary and this feature. But yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't stimulate. It didn't stimulate the idea. The idea was more more around his character, his determination, what goes into a footballer recovering from such a horrific injury. It was spectacularly shot, produced, so thoughtful. It had all the right voices in it. I can go on for days about it. And I'll say maybe my question was led by the fact of how I think audio first, and it's truly a pleasure to work with you guys with Wolves Radio being part of the larger media enterprise that Wolves are doing because there are sometimes audio stories that can be told this way and a nice opportunity to sit down and talk with you guys here as you're both Wolverhampton natives. This is like key to you. Grew up with the club. This matters. And telling these stories is really important. Josh, explain to me from your perspective what Code Red represented in telling that story. Um, So I think it was... Code Red was uh, like a real milestone for for the club, for not only for the club but specifically for the media department because, and I, you know, I saw firsthand the amount of work that went into it, um, you know, in 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 every stage. So whether that was the initial planning stage, the the execution, the filming, and then the edit, like it was months and months and hours and hours of of work. And we've always been proud of the work that we do, the content that we put out walls. We always put a lot of effort in. I've always thought that we, you know, we'd like to go the extra mile. I know everybody that works this industry works hard. Um, you know, we, we were always proud of of how things looked, um, and and we always want to make sure that everything is is the top top of best in class, essentially. Um, but so for. But it's, it's it's difficult to get a gauge when you, when you when you work in that department of how it's been received because you know you think it looks good but that's because it's your work and you're like you know we worked hard on this you, you, it's hard to put yourself in the in the shoes of the supporter because you know you're obviously so involved in the club so I think for 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 Code Red to to be made and I watched Code Red and I was like this is incredible but. I know it was incredible because I've, I saw the work that's gone into it. So I, I, I knew how much, like, certainly Yanni had put into it and, and the hours that had gone in. I thought, oh, this is an incredible piece of work. But then for it to be taken by a national broadcaster, um, that really cemented just how good it actually was. Because the, the, the BBC, they're not, they're, they're not going to take something if it's not good. If it's not interesting, if it's not been put together very well, it's just not going to be on there. Um, so, so for as a department but even as a club it was just a huge milestone um and it was just a real real um affirmation really that the work that we do is is, is good work um considering the size of the department that we have the people that work here um we're we're not the biggest department um in in sort of certainly not in the premier league um you know but we've got a really good group of, of of talented people that work very hard to put stuff together um, so, like, you know, to, to see that do so well and be so well received, um, you know, was, was 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 great for everyone, but certainly for, for Yanni, put, like, the, the, the hard hours into it. 
yes, it was truly remarkable in the sense that it wove in a deeper background into the history of Rawls' professional career and his youth soccer career, which began in Mexico City. And that time at Club America, certainly informative. But to weave the story of his time in Mexico into the film was highly important, highly informative. What was the planning involved with making sure that that was definitely part of the story? And why was that such a thoughtful way of making this story so impactful in your mind? So we started, uh, we almost worked backwards. So we worked uh, We worked with the the end in mind, which the end goal was always, Raul's going to come back, he's going to play in the Premier League again. And then it was, how important will that moment be, not only to Raul, not only to Wolves supporters, not only to Daniela, his, his partner, but his family back home in Mexico, who he's, he's really close with. If, if you follow him on social media, you'll see that he's, you know, he's constantly having them fly over to Wolverhampton, spend time with him. Uh, he seems like a really, really family-orientated guy. So, so I, I said to Max, uh, Max Fitzgerald, our head of media, that we really need to, that when that moment happens, we need to have cameras on Daniela, cameras on Raul, but then also cameras with his Mexican family, wherever they are in the world. So we kind of work backwards with that, with that in mind. And then, and then obviously when we had a Mexican production crew working with his family for the day of the Tottenham game when he came back we got some background interview as well because we thought it was really important to find out you know how high the stakes were when when Raul did go down with that injury at, at Arsenal so you know his his family talking about how great a father he is and how important he is to their family and how he's a role model to his younger sister and his younger brothers and things like that so yeah it was really really important to get that human element across that he's you know he's a superstar but then also there's a family behind him that, that are affected by this injury so yeah it was it was almost a non-negotiable really it was it was how can we get that Mexican story across in, a, in and it was difficult because it was a Covid world so uh, I wasn't able to travel out there, but we, we, we managed to get it. We worked with a really good crew in Mexico and, um, and yeah, they really delivered a high, high quality product. Super solid work all the way around. And let's leave Code Red right there. You are very gracious to give me sort of the background on it. And as we go through background, part of the visit here to Wolverhampton to meet with everybody and be with everybody. I mean, I think back to a magazine that I saw, you know, when I was late teens, you know, it was like famous people who follow what clubs and Robert Plants in the magazine are like, oh, the name Wolverhampton Wanderers, that sounds cool. It just sounds cooler than what other names for clubs are. I don't have to name them, you know, you, know, you can get the picture. Then, as I say this, the Premier League review show would be some kind of cable programming you can kind of follow it and then there was times where wolves would be up or it was that bit of a roller coaster and then i guess it was like early to mid 2000s a little bit more of this was in your mind and then it became kind of this internet age of being able to follow all this stuff basically online but the thing exploded in around 2016 17 just as Wolves are back up in this thing. In America, you can then subscribe to watch all the matches. So you didn't have to miss any match. And then to think of what it is to be somebody who's from Wolverhampton. And, and you guys have known each other for, for quite some time. But I'm going to ask you both about it. But Josh, kind of give me your life with Wolves. What is it? It's interesting because I think in in the UK, you don't really, like, mostly you don't, 
pick your team. You, you're kind of born into it, really, for, for a lot of people. So, um, I, yeah, I grew up in Wolverhampton, um, a few different areas, and went went to Monty for the first time. I, I must have been about six, seven years old, perhaps. Um, and, and it was, so I'd have been mid-90s. And that team was probably like my first team, but I can barely remember it really. Like when you're six, you'd, all you really remember, I think, is like the lights and the noise. And I think that's what, that's what that, that, that is why you fall in love with the football club when you go as a, as a, as a kid. Um, and then it's just all mind blowing to you. And then like you, you see these people that are, that are, that are all wearing gold, that are seen as heroes, to like the local city, the local community. So that, that for me was, you know, that, I was Wolves then, and that was it, and I have been ever since. Um, so then, um, stay, yeah, went to school in Wolverhampton, so continued to support Wolves, went, went to the game. I was season ticket holder for a few years before I, I left at 18 to live in Sheffield to sort of study um, and then start my start my career. Um, I began my career with Chesterfield, um, which was at the time was a League Two team. Um, and interestingly, managed by Paul Cook, who, who was one of the first players I watched uh, uh, as a Wolves supporter, um, and he was he was great. Really, sort of, it's a real interesting learning curve from being someone who watches football and supports football to actually working in football and realizing like the differences um, of, of how much you actually know and seeing how it all how it works behind the scenes. Um, and then I was I, I, I was friends. I think when you when you work at a football club, you tend to make friends or you tend to to, to speak to a lot of the people that work in the different. Uh, other football clubs and while I was at Chesterfield we played Wolves in a, in a pre-season friendly um, so this was the start of the of Wolves League One season um, after just being relegated so Kenny Jacket just come in um, and then through that I made contacts with the guys at Wolves and then the, the job came up um, I think that the following year I think it was I can't remember the timeline specific now because it feels like that long ago uh, but because I'd made that that, that almost that contact and I've spoken to the guys and they knew I was then I think maybe give me a little edge when it came to applying for the job they knew I'd, I'd working at Chesterfield for a year I knew the industry and um, was from Wolverhampton uh, and was a supporter I don't think it's I don't think everyone who works in a media team should be a supporter of the club because I think it's nice to have a balance um, so people can almost give you a bit of um, guidance say, say for example you can perhaps think with a, a gold hat on too much sometimes um, but you know, at the time it was it was great because you 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 know you knew the history, you knew the club, you knew the players, you knew the team, you knew what it meant to the city. Um, obviously, every football club means a lot to its own city. But but being from Wolverhampton, I knew what it was like, so it was a no brainer for me to come back. Um, and that was well seven and a half years ago. So you know, I think the rest is history. Really, I mean, I've, I've been really fortunate to be at a time to be at Wolves at a time when the club is successful, well, relative success. Um, you know. Throughout my supporting time, with traditionally like a, a second tier team that has ambitions of being promoted or being a Premier League top tier team, but never really achieved it. And when we did, it, we sort of never really made a dent in the league. I think we had a, a few years under Mick McCarthy where we were in the Premier League, but we, we, you know it was always just doing what we can to survive, rather than where we are now, where it's just you know the sky's the limit to do as well as we can. So, you know, really fortunate to be at a club at this time, to see it develop, see it grow, see it grow off the pitch as well as on it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a, like, you know, people say it's like a dream job. It's You work for the club that you support or have supported your entire life. Um, and, and, you know, get to see it being successful, which is 
rare in, in football. You know, you can work for other clubs, and they, you know, if you go there at the wrong time, they could, it might not be as good. Um, you know, as I said, it's been really lucky to to be at a club where um, to be at the club where they've you know had cup runs. They're in the Premier League. They're, they're fighting for Europe. They've had a European competition. They're, they're travelling to China on pre-season tour. They're, they're travelling all over the world. It's just a just a great place to be, and and it's not only a great place to be, but to be there as a Wolves fan is just makes it even better. And working with great management really helps too, because the company that you guys work for that runs a variety of things, and I got a chance to talk with Russell Jones about this in detail. How all of these different things, Wolves records, the esports. I got a chance to talk with Vinnie Clark about how Castor and all of the opportunities for new kinds of merchandise are kind of being woven into this process. And then how Max Fitzgerald runs his operation and makes this a very inclusive and thoughtful environment. And the fact that I was at a dinner with you guys last night, like a, a meal with the full media team. Very nice of you all to have me along. And it just was so sweet, truthfully, to see how much you all like each other and enjoy each other. You've known this guy, Yanni, for, for some time, too. And I, I do want to hear your history with the club, your background and uh just the relationship that you guys have built professionally and just with just a true friendship, because that really does come through when you visit. Yeah, so um, I actually grew up in Cyprus, so I grew up on, on an RAF base, RAF Akrotiri. Um, but my my mum my is from Wolverhampton, she's from Penn. Uh, my, her, her dad, my granddad, was a massive Wolves fan. He used to go to games in the 1950s and watch Billy Wright and Stan Collis' team. So uh, I would always be like wearing wolf shirts in Cyprus when all the other kids were wearing Man United kits or Liverpool kits, and they'd all, "What is that? What's that? What's that team you're wearing? Like, what's that? I don't even know that team because we were a Championship team at that time." As Josh said, we're, "I'm a year below Josh at school, so we're similar age." So our, our team, our first team, is that sort of 1990s Goodyear kit: Steve Ball, Robbie Keane, Don Goodman, that sort of those sort of players. So, so yeah, I, I. I I didn't go to games regularly. I sort of would, we'd come over to England every every August for when I was on six weeks holiday. I'd catch one match and then I'd go back to Cyprus with a bag full of Wolves stuff and loads of memories from the game I'd been to and tell the other kids in Cyprus how great Molyneux was. Uh, and then, yeah, we moved back. We moved to the UK when I was 13 and then I happened to go to the same school as Josh. So, um, yeah, I started then sort of Mick McCarthy team and I started going to games regularly as a fan with a couple of mates of mine and just absolutely fell in love with it would go home and away uh, you know like leave sick form early to go to Preston away and things like that like really random trips but absolutely loved it and then yeah I went to after university uh, I went and worked for Sky Sports um, I did six years on a, on a football show um, and I remember just randomly messaging Josh when I was sick of paying London prices for rent and said, look, like, if anything ever comes up at Wolves, please bear me in mind. I know this is random, but, you know, uh, just just let me know if anything ever comes up. And he was a bit like, are you sure? You like, I thought you were loving it in London. I said, no, I, I love it here, but Wolves is Wolves, so just let me know. And then I think it was a couple of months later, Josh sent me a message on Facebook and said, like, you won't believe it, but the video guy's leaving do you want to come in for a chat? And then it was a very informal chat. I came in, met Josh and Paul Berry, the former head of media. 
And uh, yeah, just went from there. Like joined in 2017, similar time to when Nuno came in, and it was all I've known is success really. So I've been really lucky. Um, and yeah, dream job, as Josh says. Re- you know, it's it's hard work at times, and sometimes maybe I'll stay later because I feel like it's my team and really matters. I feel like I've really got to get this out because I know supporters are really going to love it. So sometimes it's a you know double-edged sword, but um, not a dream job. It's a dream visit for me to see this in person and having watched it so much on television, you don't get the full experience I alluded to on another show, just the absolute power. It's a, like a force, a pulse or something that comes out of the South Bank. It's it's volume that has like a feeling to it. And I'm not kidding you. And then the speed of the game, the power of the game, when you see it in person, is really different than on television. And for any folks around the world who've been listening to this, make all efforts because it's extremely nice folks when you're here and you'd expect that because the organization is first class and Compton is a very cool training ground, but Molyneux is a very special football ground and to see it in person is amazing for folks. And I think too about from the flip side perspective here of what this all is. And uh, as I say all of that, I shouldn't forget to really do mention a nice thank you to Richard Pepper in the, the digital side of things who helped implement what Wolves Radio is inside the Wolves app so that these stories can be shared and we can all have these kind of conversations and continue with them as you guys keep building your content. But I'll rattle on just one more thing. I'll throw it to you in reverse as an American coming to see this in person for the first time. Certainly exciting. But I know you have an NFL football team, Josh, that is also black and gold. And I'll shut up in two seconds here, but I just got to say, when Sean Payton went for the onside kick in that Super Bowl against the Colts, I knew his time management skills were amazing, and that's a very big part of what makes an NFL team successful. Belichick has really ridden that kind of control of the clock for a very long time. Where did he get it from? Bill Parcells, the New York Giants. Where did Sean Payton get this from? That same... Bill Parcells, that same era of running the ball to kill the clock. It's a big thing, clock management in the NFL. I'm noticing when you see it in person just how much a flow of a game is about killing some time. But for you, the Saints really are this really well-run machine at the time you found them and and got into them and exciting. And Drew Brees is incredible. But without me telling you why I think you liked the Saints, why did you find the Saints? I'm wondering if it's at all correlative to how I came to Wolves. Interesting. So I've always followed NFL quite loosely. I did follow NFL quite loosely. And and then I think that the first, one of the first games I think I, um, I watched in full was the Saints return to the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina. Um, and I think it was that it was in same similar with Wolves, like the first game I watched and it was just instant. Obviously like there's the black and gold correlation, but it was at that time where you could see what that institution meant to that city because, you know, they've been through such a hard time and that's something that we don't ever see over here. We know we're fortunate where, you know, we don't suffer those sort of kind of, um, experiences um, and you, and you you could see that the emotion that came out of everybody within that stadium because they, they they blocked a punt and scored pretty much on one of the, the first plays of the game um, and then you could just see the stadium erupt and it was from that point onwards I was like yeah this is 
This is an incredible team. This is like something I could follow. Like you can you can see and and as I said before, you know every every football team is important to the community that it's within. Um, and you know, I wouldn't suggest otherwise. Um, but I, having grown up in Wolverhampton, my my football team is Wolves because you know how important it is to this city. Um, and like, yes, you go to school and you go to school with people that wear Man United Liverpool shirts. Um, but I think it's you know you don't really understand the importance of it. And how big it is until you see um, some form of, um, of success or or some you know a positive a real positive time for a football club. So, and, and I link it to when we won the championship a few years ago, and and you obviously knew it was a big deal for the city, but I don't think anybody realised just. I mean, everyone knows how big it is, but I think when when we had the parade the the day after. Um, and it was after the final game of the season, we came back and it was a, admittedly it was like glorious sunshine. But I've, n- I've never seen so many people out in the streets of Wolverhampton. It wasn't only in the city centre. You know, they, they trailed through the route from the city centre to West Park, which is perhaps, what, half a mile maybe from the city centre. And then West Park was just full of people. And, and, and admittedly, not all of those are people that come to the stadium week in, week out. But, you know, there was just a real sense of pride within this city of how the football team's done their football team's seen success they want to come out show their appreciation and it, it was it was mind-blowing and I remember speaking to some of the players at the time and they were like you know we, we knew Wolves was a big club but this is this is remarkable I, I didn't think it was going to be like this um, and that's that's similar to you know what I saw you know with the Saints and obviously the Saints went on to win the Super Bowl some years later and then you saw the same same thing it was you know the, the streets in New Orleans were just lined with hundreds of thousands of people and that's where it just really reminded me of that sort of link and that's that's that was where my um saints sort of support came from that's pure that's so true and that's so cool because steve gleason is certainly a folk hero for that blocked punt and truly that moment and the way that the superdome erupted after what was a horrifying time with the Superdome itself being used as a place for people to be in the aftermath of Katrina, for it to come back alive that way. And that moment, it was, I mean, like winning the league on a goal in stoppage time or something. It was just like, what is going on here? It was so purely exciting. And uh, that's awesome story. I think, too, of... uh, that Yanni may or may not have an NFL team. Can we can we drag you in at all to this to this NFL story? Does, does it speak to you at all? I I think I don't know if I've got the room in my life for another sport that takes hours. I watch I watch a lot of football. I watch a lot of golf. I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I have to commit. I have to be all in. So maybe not. Unfortunately, Lawrence. But um, but no, I definitely appreciate it. I've I've been to NFL games. I've been to um, Wembley and watched NFL games with some of my friends who really are into the sport. And it's a great sport. I just don't think I have the time to follow it. It's more than fair. I hope that you guys keep finding the time to keep doing the insanely great work that you've already laid the foundation for and for supporters and fans everywhere to know that these are the two guys that are part of this team that are helping lead this charge toward different approaches to content, different ways of communicating with the fan base and all different aspects. I mean, it's not just what's going on with the first team, under 23, Wolves women, under 18, the foundation. There's so many stories you guys are helping tell and the best is still yet to come. 
and it's really exciting and this is the right time and place and it's so cool to be able to talk to y'all and thank you so much for having me here but for your time now and sharing these stories it's very much appreciated and thank you both for having me and thank you for spending this time thank you lawrence thank you oh, thank you thank you for coming to have a 